everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the All-American Conservative, Solomon Tack, and a bunch of faces you may or may not recognize. Guys, it is here, episode 138. We are finally here with the Culture War, guys. If we can go around the room and everybody give a little introduction of who you are and how you found conservatism. Well, I guess I'll start with me since uh, nobody piped up. I am Solomon Tack. I am the uh, crowned prince and future king of Virginia. Um, if anybody doesn't know, I'm not a fan of Ralph Northam, Mr. Blackface Northam. I had no and, idea that. <laughs> I found conservatism right after the uh, – hold on one second. Sorry. And I found conservatism pretty much uh, under Barack Obama when I realized that he was – pretty much an invalid when it came to, to leadership and, and uh, his ability to run pretty much any federal entity in the, within the United States. Uh, I got tired of, of the growing government, the overbearing government on our lives. I got tired of the lack of growth, even though he was able to tell, oh, I, 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 um, I made this whole balance when it came to the economy. Uh, it wasn't enough, and I wanted more. And I realized that the way to, to get it was through fiscal responsibility and not a whole bunch of explosive government spending and pretty much moved over that way. Status? Evan? <laughs> Yo, so one thing I want to say is I'm not fully conservative because there's some beliefs that I have that conservatives feel like you know, oh, I'm not going to stick with this guy. Oh, let's not support this guy. And that's like one of the biggest problems with the right is that with the left, a moderate leftist and a total wacko, they'll, they'll, they'll like hold hands and, and support true. each other. But with right wingers, it's like we have all these fringe groups. We have all these subgroups. And it's like, oh, if this guy doesn't toe this line, no, we're not, we're, we're not messing with him. So like, for example, if two dudes put things in their butt, I don't give a shit, all right? Uh, if somebody wants to smoke weed, I don't give a shit, all right? Um, uh, when it comes to religion, I'm not really, you know, I don't really care about it. But then when everything else that, that comes to, to being, you know, called like right-wing or conservative, I'm like hardcore on it. Um, so the, re the way I found conservatism or right-wingism or whatever um, is because I'm just not a retard. All right, because I look at things and I'm like, that makes sense or it doesn't make sense. And that, I'm basically more like a realist. 100% status. That's exactly, I'm the exact same way. Doesn't make he part. remind you of like a, a gangster uh, gun for hire? <laughs> it's the same thing. All right, Emma, give it a whirl. Man, I'm the only girl here. You're I, safe. I, You're safe, Emma. It's okay. <laughs> Just I'm, Emma. I'm Emma Jimenez. Um, I guess people know me better on social media as a conservative Latina, and I kind of just went with that name to uh, push out a blog, but I'm a Hispanic woman. Uh, I'm an immigrant. I came here legally from Lima, Peru when I was very young, and I became a U.S. citizen in 2015, and I, you know, I've reached the American dream for the most part. You know, I went ahead and be became a writer. I, uh, was able to pursue my writing career. I was able to publish a few books. I was able to land a teaching job. I was able to go to college, raise a child on my own. Um, and then I found love. <laughs> so um, yeah, 
you know, with uh, my, my boo-boo over there in the kitchen. But um, when it comes to being a conservative minority, what I, what, I, what I tend to see is that those are two things that are rarely say, placed side by side. I get a lot of backlash. Well, how can you be a conservative and a Latina? And I always get, I'm, I'm in shock because that shouldn't come to a surprise to anyone because Hispanic values are, happen to be conservative values. But a lot of Hispanics out there in, in our communities don't want to give themselves that label of conservative mm -hmm. because they're afraid of get, receiving backlash with, from within their own people. But I, myself, I have only, always held those conservative values. I never really found conservatism. I've, I've already lived a conservative lifestyle where the father was the head of the household, he was the provider, the mother was the nurturer, you know, she was the homemaker, and the children were supposed to be obedient to the parents. Um, I have always been about, you know, being, being a hard worker. So my values have always been conservative. I just never gave myself that label um, until, you know, until 2016, until I saw that, you know what, it is important to put out there that I am a conservative and I am a Latina, that we do exist and there shouldn't be any shame on, you know, I shouldn't be put to shame for that. A hundred percent agree. Gavin? Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, Gavin Wax, president of the New York Young Republican Club. Uh, Nando Acosta is also on our board, a uh, longtime member and uh, uh, supporter of the club as well. And uh, thanks Gabe for uh, making the intros. Uh, my background, uh, I guess I've been a conservative, uh, ever since I stopped being a libertarian. So uh, I think, I know one guy earlier was kind of in line with what I used to kind of believe in for the most part, you know, just live and let live, that kind of thing, and just not be a stupid idiot, and you pretty much should be on board with the rest of the platform. I've kind of changed a bit with Trump. I'm definitely more on the Trump kind of national populist train and that kind of conservative, new type of conservative uh, movement that's going on. So I'm, you know, nationalism and, you know, strong borders, you know, defending American trade, defending American interests. Uh, but I still hold some of those uh, old libertarian views. Um, and yeah, so just trying to, you know, keep on going. I mean, in New York City, it's pretty tough. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a Latin background or anything, but uh, uh, basically in, in the city, I mean, if you had any friends growing up non-politically, probably bound to lose them if you had a flag like uh, the Trump flag behind Evan uh, anywhere in your apartment. So it's definitely tough. I mean, it hits from all different angles, all different demographics. If you don't toe the line with like the leftist agenda, you're basically ostracized and you're, you're basically cast aside. You can't have your own independent views. You can't have your own independent thoughts. And it's a real damn shame because, uh, you know, I used to be friends with people that were maybe more left wing. I used to be friends with people uh, that, you know, weren't, you know, down the line evangelical conservatives. I mean, I didn't care. Uh, I didn't think they would care either. But a second Trump came on the scene, people just lost their minds. It just got so triggered over nothing, uh, which makes him even better. Uh, so that's that's the story. But I think things are coming back around and I think more people are opening up. Uh, like Emma said, I think a lot of people are coming back to the spotlight and trying to embrace conservatism uh, openly uh, just because, you know, we are winning. We still keep winning. Like just look at what happened today with Flynn. I mean, you know, the L's from the fucking left. Sorry, I can't curse. Uh, hey, keep, you can curse. It's all right. Uh, okay. I don't know. I the L's they keep, yeah, the L's they keep taking, it's just like one after another. So it's like, you know, we're, we're on the winning side here in history and in the present. So I think people see that and they may be a little scared to come out, but I get people message me all the time uh, of all different backgrounds. And they're just like, yeah, I wish I could talk up like, you know, my job, this, or, you know, my friends that I can't be conservative. So it's a, it's a shame, but I think it's changing. So stuff like this is awesome. Excellent. Nando. Oh, all right. Um, so, um, I, of course, my name is Nando um, Acosta. Um, I am um, the outreach chairman for the New York Journal Republicans. I run it with um, Gavin here, as well as the state director for um, 
the Black Conservative Federation, which is a national um, national coalition of very uh, inspiring um, black leaders and just people of color who believe in um, conservative values. Um, how did I become a conservative? Honestly, I just started reading more and I just thought people were full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's literally the moral of the story. Um, so it literally happened me in high school. Um, everyone was digging Obama and I'm like, yo, ease up. I know he's black and everything, but we got to question this guy. And, um, and no, people just, just felt right through it. I mean, I was at the point like, I remember in the Democratic um, primaries and how heated that become, became with um, Hillary Clinton. And I was like, you know what? Clinton just makes more sense to elect compared to Obama right now. And people were looking at me crazy. Obama ended up getting the nomination um, and it was against McCain. McCain was I. Um, Sarah Palin was I in different terms. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, the rest is history. I decided um, to really, I was reading more Ron Paul books. I, I really do consider myself as a libertarian uh, at the core of like Ron Paul standards, which is more nationalism um, or, um, or I would um, more into like more historic, effectively like Douglas type of Republican as well, which is intertwined um, similar with Ron Paul. But yeah, since then, um, I don't give a crap what people think about me because I'm a very likable guy. Um, so um, people, you know, I still have friends that will literally send me like side message like, yo, Fernando, I really didn't like this topic, but you really are like probably the smartest Trump supporter I know. And I'm like, I know. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I do get a lot of love from people. And even people who disagree with me, they just have a certain love for me because I, um, I do believe everyone does have conservative values. I, we just let this media and we let society just take over um, from everything else. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Honestly, that was, that's honestly how I feel a lot of the times where it's just, if you're a proud American, how can you not have conservative values? How can you not believe in the Constitution? Like, you don't get to pick and choose. But uh, we will get into that. Gabe, you are the final introduction for today. Hey, everyone. It's me again, Gabriel Montalvo. And the way I got into conservatism was really due to my high school journalism teacher uh, who gave us two books to read. And the first one was Anthem by Ayn Rand. And great the book. second one was, uh, yeah, very good book. And the second one was uh, John Stossel's Give Me a Break. And it was, yeah, no, it was very uh, powerful just in the idea of individualism and objectivism and you know, individual freedoms and liberty. And I said, you know what? In doing my own research, going deeper into the 2016 election, uh, I was only 17 at the time, so I couldn't vote, but I knew that I needed to start paying attention more in politics uh, and on a national and local scale, as opposed to just listening to what people wanted me uh, to know instead of me actually going out and finding the truth for myself. So I then started listening to somebody who I think is a pretty much a genius, uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, then I went on with Steven Crowder, Paul Joseph Watson. And then I said, I guess I, I do hold libertarian-esque values, but I'm overall a conservative because I do believe that uh, stuff like roads and a big defense force are, are pretty good, especially for the United States. So I guess I'll, you know, uh, one up everyone else and say that I'm with the nationalist uh, populist idea as well. Uh, and ever since then, just here, just like you guys, felt like I was lied to and have taken the fight 
and just trying to drop some knowledge about some people. Excellent, Gabe. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Evan. I am the host of this show. Um, I don't like labels. You can call me libertarian. You can call me Republican. You can call me a constitutional conservative. You can call me an asshole. All of these things are probably true, but I like to call myself a patriot. I believe in this country. I believe in the founding values of this country, and I believe that we are exceptional beyond any measure and that everyone should be trying to be more like us, and we should not be trying to be more like other countries. I think it's that simple, and I think that anyone who believes in socialism and anything else that Europe has been trying is out of their goddamn minds. Um, I'm a very Amen. big fan of history. I don't think you can be a you can be into history and not realize how horrible socialism is and how horrible big government is. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at every big government throughout history, you know people die. That's what happens. You look at Nazi Germany. You look at the USSR. You look, you know, Venezuela right now. People are literally eating their own pets. It's it's They're a mess. Taking it to zoos. Yes. I mean, they could just call Joe Exotic. I mean, if you want to eat a tiger, just call Joe Exotic. I'm sure he's got an extra. Oh, he's in jail now. You got to call Doc Ample. Evan, would you say America's a leftist country? No, I think that the left is just the loudest. I think that the majority of Americans are actually right-leaning. And I work in education. So for those of you who don't know, I work in New York City Special Ed. And everyone talks about all these leftist teachers. Most of the teachers that I encounter are actually hold conservative values. The problem is that everyone at the top is this giant leftist. You have de Blasio. You have the, the head of the schools. You have the head of the state's the department. These people are giant leftists. So people are afraid to speak out. So what would you say about the government taking 60% of your income here in America? And it's happening right now. They take 30%. They take 30% right off your check, and then they take a whole bunch of little taxes at the DMV, little regulations here, property taxes, sale taxes. So they're taking 60% of your check already. Uh, There are 30,000 gun laws, so they wipe their ass with the Constitution. We don't have free speech. You get on YouTube, you get booted if you speak anything that we talk about, all right? Majority of women are not marriage material. All right. So this country is a leftist country and the beliefs that we hold, they are like underground beliefs. It's kind of like we're like some kind of underground club or some shit. I mean, there's definitely truth to both you guys. I mean, I get what Evan's saying. A lot of people do hold these values. I mean, if you have a family or a kid, I mean, it's really hard for you to be like a purple haired screaming leftist. I mean, you got to pay bills. You got to support your family. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't play these stupid games in the streets. Like, you know, with, you know, Antifa or Occupy Wall Street or any of that crap. So I get that, but I also get what you're saying. I mean, the laws of the books suck. I mean, especially in New York. I mean, you know, it doesn't. Ref- I don't think it reflects, though, like the underlining beliefs of all these people. And you know what's funny, though, about the socialism is that, you know, maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago in Europe when they were pushing socialism, the people that did it were working class individuals who, like, didn't know any better. Here in the U.S. today, the people promoting socialism aren't working class blue collar people. Those guys are voting for Trump. The people promoting socialism are people who usually grew up in cul-de-sacs, yep. you know, upper middle class incomes, generally white, generally college educated. Like, the, I, I don't know well, a lot of... They have, no, they have no work experience. Exactly, yeah. I don't they're know winning. any... They're, na- they're naive. And yeah. They're winning. They don't know what they're doing. The they don't, they've never lived in a socialist country. They have never interacted with someone from a government. They have never interacted with someone from a socialist country. They Agreed. don't know the horrors of socialism. Yeah. They well, are they're not they're they are, they're Mostly they are, like they are rich, spoiled, white brats. You know I agree. 
they go to Europe once and they're just like, oh my God, I really loved my trip to wherever. It's like, okay, you're on vacation. Like vacation, like try living there. If you can't get a job, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to go on a vacation to like a small country in Latin America and be like, oh my God, the beaches were so pretty. It's so amazing. There, It's like, okay, yeah, the beach is good. Yeah, 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 the beach is nice, but how are you going to get a job? Like, you know, they're trying to come over here. You can't just look at like nature or something and be like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah, Venezuela is a beautiful country. doesn't mean the place is great to live in. It's like, they have no, they they, they don't get it. They're just like disconnected. What it is, is it's apologetics. It's a bunch of apologetics. Oh, I feel bad for whatever the hell happened in the past. So it's called in order guilt. for me to, to feel better about myself, I have to get all of these pets underneath me that I feel like I have to take care of. Go ahead and take all of my tax money, run all of these over, uh, uh, overly priced government programs, and give it all to these poor people, these poor brown people that, that need all of the help in the world because they're not smart enough to get it themselves. On, on and, and by the way, do you know that the starvation that a lot of these countries go through, the starvation that they go through comes from the help that we give them. So mm-hmm. you give them help, you give them aid. And then what happens? They use that aid to grow their population. Then guess what? The aid isn't steady. It's not coming in as much or whatever. It's cut or it's just not getting there as it used to. Then what happens? That population suffers because the only reason why they got to a certain amount was because of the aid that was coming from Western Mm -hmm. countries. Another issue that we have though, is a lot of people in this country are apolitical. If you go up to people who claim they're not political and ask them about their values, the majority of people that I have spoken to, I'm not saying this is all of America, the majority of people that I have spoken to who will call themselves a liberal, but are really apolitical will hold conservative values. That we have a big problem in this country where people don't get involved in their government and has allowed the government to reach the level status that yep. it has. And that is the problem. And the you Republican asked if I would call it. It's, and I didn't want to, I try not to curse too much on this show, status. But you know, I'm going to say that's fucking bullshit. We need to take back this fucking country. And you know that's where I was going to go. All with right. That. So let me tell you something, Evan. Let me tell you something. George Washington started a revolution because of a 2% tax. We're like at 60 right now. And he was able to round like 100,000 guys. What do you think will happen if you, you, try to wound, you try to round up 50 guys today? What's going to happen? The government's going to make an example out of you. After that, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, the media is going to paint you as, oh, some white supremacist uh, group. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they were trying to overthrow the government or something. If you think that today we're going to be able to round up 200,000 hardcore people that are going to, you know, they're, they're going to do what George Washington did. I, I don't think so. And by I don't way, think so either, status. We got too many Hispanics in this country. And by the way, my people, they're easily tricked. All right. So you just oh, yeah. give them a little bit of free cheese and that's it. They vote left. So, uh, and by the way, they're having like five or six kids. Meanwhile, the hosting population, uh, you know what? I'm going to have myself a cat. Oh, I'm going to have a dog baby. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have one baby. And guess what? My people, the Hispanics, the people that are easily tricked, five, six, seven, eight kids. Which is why we need to fight this culture war. We need to start winning back the culture in this country because if we don't start now, it will be too late. We have to slowly build up our base. I think the way that you win the Hispanic vote because we are the largest voting minority base right now and something that you just said, I'm sorry, I apologize. I can't remember what your name is. Um, We are easily tricked. Hispanics are easily tricked. I can't tell you, I can't begin to tell you how many Hispanics still believe that it was the Trump administration that put young immigrant children at the border, lock them up in cages. 
We all know that's not true. We all yeah. know which administration did that. We Obama. all know which administration deported the most immigrants, not the Trump administra administration, but the other administration, the one before him. All right, we still, I still have his, Hispanics that yeah. believe, that genuinely believe that Trump referred to them as animals, yeah. and that's not true. But you know right. why? You know why? Are, you know why? Hispanics are emotionally driven, and I blame, I blame the lack of media that they were exposed to. Because no, right now, it's, it's all they watch they is um, left-wing news media. All they watch is Jorge and Telemundo. There's only two, and they're yeah, both exactly. left-wing. Yeah, exactly. Telemundo, that's it. And well, I think now they have CNN in, in Espanol. Yeah, yeah CNN. Yeah, so yeah. that's all they have. And something that I've been telling young Hispanic uh, conservatives, because they, I always get these messages, how do I red pill my family? Because my family is conservative, yet they believe the lies of the media. And I always tell them this, you need to turn off Univision for them. Turn off Telemundo, because they are all about propaganda. That's it. They're all about that's, uh, that's hating rough. Trump. And, yeah, that's true. and that's it. So that's yes, rough. they are easily fooled, because Democrats, they... They trick us. They they question our intelligence. They genuinely think the, the we're reason, stupid. The reason they why people the, the reason why people are easily tricked in general is because leftism on paper looks really good. Mm -hmm. Oh, free healthcare. Oh, take care of all the dolphins. Yeah, what's so oh, wrong about things. that? Wow, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to sell. Dolphins I mean, are the, jerks. Dolphins rape people. And, and I have and let me just say I have to blame Republicans. It's gonna, it's gonna end up in bankruptcy. Let me just say, I have to blame Republicans too because I, I lived in the hood. I was in the hood. And you want to know who were the people that were coming into our cities, into our, into our neighborhoods? It was Democrats saying that no, they were still for to the this people. Day. All right, it be, was, I'm gonna be honest. All right, it, it was there. I barely saw any white Republicans there saying that they wanted to fight for us, that they yeah, wanted any to fight for us. Or any, yeah. So oh. it was Republicans easy. suck. The party used to suck. I mean, the party under Bush was was just a country club elite party. They didn't represent exactly. anyone. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, the only reason, like, I'm a proud Republican today is because of Trump. Because before Trump, I mean, the party sucked. I mean, no one liked yeah. that party. Like, after most Trump, most people didn't vote them. A lot of more Republicans stand up. Yeah, and, and Hispanics are supporting Trump by, like, 30%. I mean, so he does yeah. better with Hispanics. Hispanics, uh, at least legal Hispanics, than, than Hispanics, Bush did. The only Hispanics that are more likely to vote right wing are Cubans. Besides Cubans, all yeah, Venezuelans. Venezuelans. Cubans have lived through communism. That's why. yeah. And look, I mean, but still, thirty percent is pretty good, and you don't need you don't need to get fifty percent to win. I mean, if he gets thirty percent of Hispanics, yeah. like you destroy the Dems because exactly. the Dems get crushed everywhere. So you beat them on the margins, you're set. But before Trump. I mean, no, the Republican Party sucked. Like, I agree with you. They didn't do any outreach. They had no message. It was just literally like elite kind of like elitism. And then uh, to what you guys were talking about earlier, I mean, the limousine liberal type of mentality. I mean, that that's like literally what's going to kill the Democrats because, you know, the media definitely has like this propaganda weapon. But everyone can see through that like white liberal bullshit where they're basically just trying to pretend like, oh, look at me. I'm taking pictures with like little brown kids and wherever. Like, I'm so I'm such a good person. I'm so nice. I'm so virtuous. Like, no one believes that. That crap anymore like that's something for like instagram to like make yourself feel better so i think like that whole mentality is dying um and honestly like people i mean emotion is good and trump is emotional i mean trump gets on stage and he argues with emotion i mean he goes up there and he brawls you punch him he punches back you call him out he calls you out i mean that stuff plays well uh with different groups especially working class groups so he's changing the narrative so i think given time he could still fight it. I think he could fight back and clench like, you know, 30, 40, who knows? So I, can, I, wanna... I can definitely tell you that a lot of Hispanics and blacks are very tired of their, of their identity being used against them. 
just mm -hmm. simply for holding a, a conservative value or, or a conservative view. No, they're not. As long as that free cheese keeps coming there, in, they I don't keep, care. I keep seeing a lot of Hispanics and Blacks standing up saying, you know what? I, I may not agree 100% with Trump, but I have to agree with him, with him on this. And they get immediately attacked. And, and then they get a notification on their phone that the food stamps just got another $1,000. They're never voting for no food stamps. I'm going to hit on, on one thing from what Jim brought up. We're going to have a quick history lesson. So George Washington becomes president of the United States and realizes one thing. In order to survive, a government needs money, right? So he just finished going to war for the 2% tax and then realized, well, damn, I, gotta, I have to pay all of these people back who supported us for the war and then decided to tax the people. And then what happens? Shea stands up. Mm -hmm. who fought better. next to Washington and started his own rebellion. Unfortunately, right. he got squashed. But uh, this is what happens when you tax people. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, sorry to libertarians, governments unfortunately need the, the tax money. The only thing, the only issue is how much do you tax for the, the programs right. that's, uh, that's needed. And how you tax it. I mean, exactly. like Trump how wants to do tariffs. Them. Like this country was, we had tariffs for like most of our history. So no one had to pay an income tax. And the only people that the only way the government was funded was we taxed foreign imports. So you could get, you know, factories and things that developed and, you, you know, you know, got an income. Do you guys know that the banks, they don't even need our taxes. Our, they, they could wipe their ass for our taxes. The only reason why they tax us is to keep us down. They could print money ad finitum. They could keep printing funny money and keep printing funny money and just make all these imaginary numbers on computers. They don't need our taxes. The only reason why they tax us is to keep you down and keep you under control and keep their foot on your neck. I mean, look, they, they print a ton of money, but at a certain point, like if you, you lose confidence in the currency, you get like Weimar Germany and all of a sudden, you know, you're wiping, wiping your ass with, with dollar bills. I mean, that point it becomes worthless. They got to keep up some, you know, impression that the money has value. Otherwise it's just going to be gone. I mean, and it will be like, you know, Zimbabwe or Venezuela. I mean, they have to do something. I get what you're saying. It's all funny money. It all exists on, you know, like ledgers on a computer. And that's what's going to really kill us. Like, you know, that's why this coronavirus is scary because it's about to like put a huge pop and the economic bubble and you get one exactly. bad thing like this and like the whole system falls apart. It's a whole, it's a whole house of cards. It's I all mean, based on us like valuing the dollar. If the dollar has no value, you know, we're all screwed. Uh, you know, what I want to... You go ahead, Gabe. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And, and then, for, Fernando, I want to get your input on this, too, after sure. I say my little spiel. Uh, there, there are two things that need to happen. One, we need to actually understand that white guilt is probably the most racist thing uh, possible. Thank because you, Gabe. Thank yeah. you. It makes me laugh. <laughs> we should make a serial called white guilt. Yeah, no, because you're going to go, go up to somebody who is a self-hating white liberal. Yeah. And they're going to tell you, so Lovely what's it people. like? This is what was told to me. This is what, uh, what's it like being a Hispanic American under Trump? Or what's it like being a minority in the military under Trump? And I said, first of all, I made a bet to join the military. Uh, if <laughs> Hillary won, I wouldn't have enlisted. If Trump won, I, well, the rest is history. Then the second thing that we have to realize is we need more conservatives doing more media. And we need more organizations going out there. My organization with the RNHA uh, and, you know, there are Benvenido and the Lexits under this is under that. And uh, Fernando, I know you have the, uh, the Black uh, Conservative Federation. We're starting to mobilize and go, to go out there and to knock on the doors where people actually, you know, look like us and 
want to hear what we have to say, or at least listen by asking and using the Socratic method, just asking, so what do you think about this? What do you think about your neighborhood? And they'll always tell you that the government sucks and that people are, are bad, but they'll think that it's Trump. They don't understand yeah, that it's the person that they elected on black, the local level. In a lot of these black and Hispanic neighborhoods, the only reason why they think the government sucks is because the government ain't giving them more cheese. So, so this is, it's, it's just, it's demographics. It's demographic. You see, I think the government sucks because it's giving people cheese. A lot of people think the government sucks because they ain't getting enough cheese. Right. Well, well, Fernando, what do you think? Well, this is something that, you know, people, I believe in really structure, um, structure elimination of government. And I guess this is where I can tend to be more libertarian. Um, and that's really more of focusing the individuals into really investing themselves and really creating more opportunity. I, I believe in creating more opportunities than just giving them uh, um, the cheese. Uh, and that will be a proper route in order to um, to really eventually, you know, one day that person to, to actually be successful and eventually become a real re uh, Republican and have conservative values. You can't give up. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I get what you're saying. Demographics is definitely destiny. And like, I think it's yeah. worse in Europe. I mean, you get Europe, you get, you know, like they have way higher birth rates among like Muslim immigrants than Hispanics mm -hmm. through here. And they're not only trying to get cheese, they're trying to blow you up at the same time. I mean, at least most Hispanics are, they're, they're Christian, they're Catholic. They come over. I mean, like, it's a way different, like we're, we're better off than Europe on that front. Absolutely. Um, we're way better off. Like, I don't think we realize how bad the it can be. The end game is still the same. So Look, I, I get what you're saying, man. I get the demographics and everything. I think you just got to approach it on all fronts, man. I don't think it hurts yeah. to have, like, outreach like Gabe is doing. And I don't think it hurts to try to cut back. I think, you know, there was some truth what they tried to do back in the early 2000s where they tried to get everyone into a house because they thought, look, if you have a house, you're probably going to vote Republican. I get that. Uh, I wish they didn't do it, you know, underwriting loans and, you know, mm -hmm. blowing up the market. But, you know, if you create enough prosperity that people can get houses on their own, own and have you know their own success you could get them to a place where they're going to feel the impact of those policies and that's how you'll really start to change it it's not going to happen overnight i mean we screwed ourselves exactly. over anyway it takes, we all, it takes yeah. time. i mean it's good it's bad no matter what but i mean like the only way to fix it is all on all fronts i mean we can't just ignore it of course and what do i mean by opportunities is really i mean i'm not even acting for government funded stuff i'm asking people like us to just start creating workshops and trying to reach out to the community and that's like creating mm -hmm. resume workshops you know, get into other small businesses that are, are willing to hire. Because um, once they get the experience of entrepreneurship and they realize they can become, I'm not trying to say the next Jay-Z or anything, but, you know, they can become the next Bill Gates or the next whoever um, because they worked their ass off, that's where we should be right, giving so them. So let life. me tell you where the problem is. I'll tell you where the problem is. The problem is that it's already ingrained into the culture. This sounds like Nick Fuentes is talking about. You have no faith. You have to have some faith. Just get 30%. Just get 30% and we're good. We don't need 50. Just get 30 and we win every election. Hold on. Hold on one second. Everyone hold on. Everyone hold on. Let me restructure this a little bit. Okay? Give you guys a little bit of direction. Can I say something? Yes. Emma, you go and then I'm going to restructure us a little bit. Can I use my gender? Okay. Can I use my gender? Like, can ladies? That's how they win. I mean, yeah, no? you can pick whatever gender you want. I mean, it was one, there's two of them, so. Okay, so I have faith that people can change. I have faith that people can be red-pilled, okay? I want, I, I think this whole experience with everything that's going, going down with the quarantine, you know, us being on lockdown or whatever, I want, I, I would hope that both sides can see how much control the government has over we the people. 
The virus, which has proven to be less deadly than the flu, by the way, has confined us into our home. Suicides have gone up. Domestic violence has gone up. We have mass unemployment. We have businesses that have been destroyed. And our rights are currently being infringed upon. But you know what? That doesn't matter because we flatten out the curve, right? But this should be an awakening for people, for all Americans, from the left and the right. What big government is. How much, how much the government will go when you give them an, an inch. Mm-hmm. All right? This should be an, like a wake-up call. Regardless like of salon, what like the woman with the salon gets seven freaking days because she was cutting hair, whatever the hell she was doing. Meanwhile, they let felons on the street. I mean, everyone was pissed yeah. at that. Like, how could you defend everyone, that crap? Everyone, yeah. I no, you raped someone? Are, okay, I you're good. There are liberals that are like, that's, fuck, that's fucked up. Yeah. All right? So and, they, and, then, and he said, he said apologize. He was like, you're going to go to jail unless you say, uh, say that you're selfish or I'm throwing you in jail. It's like, what? What country is this? And you have to be like, like, say you're a bad boy and you're not going to go to jail. Like, what? We have politicians that have used this crisis to expand their political power over our individual freedom. This is a wake up call, America. All right. I have seen liberals. I have have seen people from the left as pissed off as people on the right. So this 400 plus government agencies and sub agencies. You think they're all just going to pack their bags and say, Oh, well, you know, you guys are right. You know, we the people, sorry, uh, 400 plus government agencies and sub-agencies, we're all just going to, you know, right, we're just going to pack our bags and go. What I think is going to happen is that the system is going to implode on itself, all right? And then what the government's going to do, they're going to step right back in and be the savior that they caused the problem. And then they're going to be like, oh, we'll help you. And Let's step right there, status. I think we have more resources now to hold people accountable for their actions. And what we've seen during this crisis are that people are taking screenshots, they're recording videos, they're looking up transcripts, and they're holding Mm -hmm. people accountable. And the media, which has a grasp over the narrative, will spin the protests, the reopen rallies that are happening across the country, they'll spin it and they'll look for the guy with the American flag and another guy with a MAGA hat and they'll say, this is a Trump rally. You don't have to be a Republican or a Trump supporter to hold an American flag, but it's the narrative that they're conveying because, again, we need more conservative voices out there in the media to combat these ideas. The blaze of Fox News isn't nearly enough. The thing Plus, is, and, the wait, thing hold is on. The pro- and, the, the status, status, hold on, status. Hold on, let me, let me, let me break in. Status, you know what's status. funny? I know you're very passionate. You, you got to <laughs> chill a little bit, all right? On the, on the, on the. I know that Dominican blood gets super hot, but just a little, little bit down, a little bit down. <laughs> no, the, I think uh, had to be Dominican or Puerto Rican. Because <laughs> he can't shut up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the on the right, well, let's start with the left. On the left, you see a whole bunch of people who are artists. You see a whole bunch of people who like to sing. You see a whole bunch of people that like to do these spoken words. So they can get to that, um, the, they can get to that pop culture that influences a whole hell of a lot of people. So all you see is that in front of your face. Now, luckily, on the right, you're starting to get people like you, Emma, who, who are um, authors. You're starting to get people like, like Ricky Rebel, who are on that pop culture scene. So it's up to you guys. I'm not talented. I freaking fish. I got my rods right here. And according you know, to you, you're not that good at it, Tech. I'm beautiful <laughs> at it, okay? But it, it, it requires, and I'm going to say this and I have to pull out, but uh, it, it's people like, like you guys who we depend on to be that, that, the, the forefront of the movement and who can 
pull out that influence, the people who are talented in, in writing, and you can get that full acknowledgement, that full understanding as, oh, that's why that person thinks like that. And the people who tend to look at, at individuals like Ricky Rebel, it's like, oh, that's why that person thinks the way they think. Um, it, it, takes, it takes people um, who, are, who do have those talents to be the voice and to, to reach the forefront of the movement. That culture war is real. I mean, they have a, they have a monopoly on the culture. They got a monopoly on artists and all these types of people, and it definitely influences. But I do think, you know, the powers that be wouldn't be censoring people left and right and clamping down on speech on the internet and all these other sorts of things if they weren't scared. Like, they're obviously scared because they can't control people, and they wouldn't feel the need to be as, like, you know, with Facebook, they just put this oversight committee together, and, like, everyone on it is, like, a raging leftist. Like, they need to do all these things exactly. to clamp down because they know they're losing the narrative, they're losing the war, and given enough information, people do start to change. Maybe not overnight, but they change on some fronts. So, I mean, like, again, like, just look at how they're acting. If they didn't have to censor right, us... let me say something. All right, so Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? I guarantee you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, most of his views are right-wing because anyone who's a real man, their views would be right-wing because it's- Him and Cena are both Republicans. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I guarantee you- I think he is a registered Republican. Yeah, I think he's a registered Republican. Hold on, I guarantee you Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a hardcore right-winger, but what does he post on Instagram? All right, guys, uh, make sure you work out today and make sure that you you keep grinding, you keep working hard. If he even talks anything about immigration, abortion, or anything like that, cut his movies, cut his uh, commercial deals, cut him, cut him, censor him, uh, block his Twitter, shadow ban him. But that's why they're so, scared. That shows they're scared because they know one yeah. dude – who had the ball? Who would have the balls to do it, or a few? It would just—it would be a domino effect. That's what they're trying to prevent. Yeah, we'll and like, look, look at how different things have been over the last year or two since Trump got elected. I mean, like a few years ago, like there was nothing. Like it was barely anything. I mean, I think it's starting to be like a counter movement, and it's like a cycle because like you go from being like the uh, like the punk rockers, and then you eventually become like you know the establishment, or you go from being like the hippies who like stormed the campuses. Now they're the deans. Like we're at that mm -hmm. stage right now where all like the right wing voices are like these fringe kind of like underground people, but that makes it cool. So then in a few years, they become like the majority. So it's like a cycle. It kind of sucks, but I just think like that's the way it is. I don't know. Well, the left, the problem with the left, it, well, not the problem. There's a lot of problems with the left. But what happened <laughs> to the left was the left thought they had a, they had a stranglehold on America. They thought they could run whoever the hell they wanted and they were going to yeah. win every election forever. And you saw it. And Trump was on SNL during, while he was campaigning and they had him on there, they were all chummy with him. So he was talking about how great he's going to make the country. He was on all the late night shows. Everything was fine until he actually had a chance to win and won. And they got scared. They all started pissing their pants and started going, now we have to call him the worst thing that we could possibly figure out, which is a racist, so that we can turn everyone against him because we were all yeah. popping him up for years. They've called him a racist, a rapist, uh uh, you know, he Russia helped helped them win the election. I mean, they they're gonna they're not gonna stop, and it's just making them look bad. Yeah, and it's it's really sad because when you like sit down and just do like proper research, you can see how much Trump actually influenced pop culture as well. I mean, he was influencing movies, TV shows, um, every other music videos. He was known as the most terrible guy in New York City when it came out when it comes out to giving. Um, so. If people could just sit down and just do that type of research, they could understand that this is the type of guy that's in the office. Not the not this racist, this rapist that's out 
whatever that's out there. Just sit down, go on Google, just go on YouTube, just look at clips of him just chilling with Oprah. I mean, he was in Oprah's Winfrey show like every other fucking month. Sorry for the language. Yeah, it's all right. I curse um, all the time. But, but it, it just saying something right there. That should say something. I mean, Oprah Winfrey's chilling with uh, Donald Trump. He can't be. A, he can't be really a racist. Yeah, he had a black the, girlfriend. He had a black yeah. girlfriend. Oprah. Right before Melania, it's so freaking stupid. And they did like um, they did polls in the '90s when he wanted to run originally, and exactly. he basically had like 50 percent like black. But approval. that's how he started his uh, presidential committee in 2000 yeah. with Roger Stone, which he exactly. should be free. But that's a different story. Uh. Yeah, but if, if you look at what the left will do, so they this whole all this stuff going on with Joe Biden, the left will be like, well, at least he's not Trump. Listen, Trump said some has said some unseemly things. Trump's talk may may have said that women will let you grab them by the pussy, but Joe Biden allegedly actually did it. So yeah. I mean, the left but wants to be all high and mighty, but they're willing yeah. to support a man who might have you know forcibly. I don't want to get too graphic. He might have forcibly inserted his hand inside of her. I mean, it's well, just... Let me, let me they're say still going to vote for him. They're still going to vote for him. Let me say something about that grab him by the Biden. thing, all right? So what he was saying was like, you know, hey, you know, when you're like a rich guy and, you know, you're tall and handsome, you know, women, they just let you do whatever you want. You can grab him by the pussy, do whatever. All right? So it's just locker room talk with another guy who he didn't know was recording him. Yeah. Dude. I've heard some locker room talk from women. Oh, this guy's dick is big as hell. Oh, this guy's abs. Oh, this guy. Women talk locker room talk with women, and men talk locker room talk with men. I mean, you're going to vilify the guy for that. I mean, you're just picking at straws here. Yeah. He still won because everyone knew that. No one bought that crap. Like, they were all like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, because everyone's heard that crap before. But now, all of a sudden, Biden is a credible allegation from like whatever, 30 years ago. And it's like, oh, we got to, we got to still vote for him because he's going to be better. He's going to be better. He clearly has dementia, though. That's the thing, too. It's like you see him in every other interview messing up with his words. He can't finish a sentence. He actually promoted Trump at one point. And for some reason, these Democrats are still sticking by him. And I'm questioning myself, do they have a secret plan or something? They just they don't want to run serious. Bernie. They're going to ask him. I think they're going to get rid of him. I think no, they, they pull him they're out gonna last find minute. A way. They're going to they're gonna find a way to pull him out last minute because it's truly <laughs> unbelievable if he truly becomes a nom- nominee. It'll be like a blowout if he's at the top of the ticket in November. I think they try to get Cuomo or something in. They're going to do some shady crap. Because remember, they haven't even had half the delegates assigned yet. Because exactly. the, the primary ended early. So they got all this time to change it up. I think they swap him out. Just say like, oh, he, he banged his head too hard. He's dribbling somewhere. Yeah. Let's get rid of him. All right. Let's, and then the, the, okay. the sad Let's story of Stacey Abrams, too. I mean. Oh, God. Oh, she is so pathetic. What is she? She's lo- she lost the governor's race, and now she's like begging everyone to become VP. It's so and, ridiculous. And I'm gonna get into the race <laughs> card, but this was really embarrassing seeing a woman of color taking this route of selling herself like this, because it just continues on with this like this notion, this narrative of how some people view people of color, and that's this real will talk. certainly be interesting when we actually get to do our episode on male culture. Uh, I think that's the next big project that we're going to be working on here. And I know, um, Emma, that we, and I'm sorry, I'm speaking for Evan a little bit here, but we'd love to have you back on because I personally know that, and I was even on a call with you, um, we, you know, doing some investigative research on the developing stories uh, that are happening with, uh, with uh, Tara Reid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wrote two articles. Um, look, I'm the type of person, I don't jump on a train like that. I'm seeing a lot of conservatives jump immediately on the Tara train. It's what I like, like to call it, where mm-hmm. they're immediately saying, okay, well, I believe Tara Reid. I believe Tara Reid. But 
can you wait to call, you know, exactly. before you call, give them the label of a rapist, you know, wait till all the, you know, until it's fully investigated before you jump on that train. I'm not saying I don't believe her or that I do believe her, but I don't believe in, you know, labeling people something so harsh, giving that harsh label, you know. That's to, why I always say allegedly. I, even though I completely despise Biden, okay, I am not that type of person to label him a rapist simply because exactly. I, you know, because I want my side to win. Does that I make agree sense? With that so much. You, I agree with yeah, that so much. That? Tucker you did this. Tucker yeah, Tucker had a whole segment. He basically said, you know, she changed her story a few times. Yeah. There's definitely some holes in it. I mean, we've all yeah. seen the YouTube videos with him, like, sniffing people's, like, faces. It's weird. No, that's so, like, that's You know, really like, concerning. he has, like, a record of being creepy. So, like, you know, you're putting two and two together. But I totally agree yeah. with you. Like, we rushed to that. And he's such a hypocrite with this title, uh, Nine Reform. Like, with these college kids, like, they get accused. And they get, like, their whole lives ripped out of their, like, hands. They get kicked out of college. They can't yeah. get jobs. They lose all their money. Their reputations are ruined. They got no due process. You could literally just say, like, he looked at me a wrong and, like, they're gone. Too. Yeah. There was that black guy. Y'all ever was the black guy, the, the football player, who basically yeah, yeah. came back with a hickey or, like, the girl came back with a hickey or something. So the, girl, mm -hmm. so the girl's girlfriend reported him. Like, mm -hmm. the, the girl with the hickey never reported him, but someone else did. And because she had a hickey... This football player got like everything stripped from him. I forgot his name, but exactly. it was like a big story. No, I, I mean, yeah. sexual assault has been watered down so much. Sexual assault is a very dehumanizing thing that you can do to another human being. It, it, you shouldn't just take these, you shouldn't just accuse anyone of sexually assaulting you just because they looked at you funny. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it, I, I hate to be living in this society. This is why I'm so critical of the Me Too movement. They're completely hypocritical because oh, they're was, destroyed now it, with all of this all women. Now it's uh wait, our standards have changed because you know we don't want to make our side look bad. So I mean did did you do you not have morals? I mean, come on. Uh, Melissa Milano, what a hack. Like oh, yeah. total she she had no talent as an actress, then all of a sudden she rediscovered herself as like a, a feminist icon and wouldn't even give Tara Reed the time of day, she was just like, no, we have to do Biden. Like, what a hypocritical loser that she That's stood. Due process, by the way. Right. Exactly. He doesn't believe in any due process. I mean, Blasey Ford had literally no evidence of anything ever happening. She couldn't name one witness. She couldn't name any time or place, location. She had nothing. Exactly. It was literally just like, I remember being on a bed and Brett was there. That's it. Nothing else. And they were like going to destroy this poor guy's life. And he literally, that, mm -hmm. that was the turning point, though, because literally he was like a Bush guy. He was like a Bush guy. He was establishment. I mean, I'm glad he made it on, but honestly, he was kind of an establishment uh, no, Supreme true. Court yeah, pick, yeah. and he did everything you're supposed to do. He literally went through all the proper procedures. He rose the ranks in D.C. He kissed all the right ass, and they still yeah. destroyed him. They still threw him to the wolves. That's when it all. That's why Lindsey Graham like blew up on them because you took a guy who literally was like a swamp creature basically and basically did everything you're supposed to do right and they mm -hmm. still like destroyed his life that's when it became open warfare because like at that point it's like there's no more rules there's no more conventions everything's on the line you could just destroy a person's reputation for nothing so all right let's get into the last part of this so we can actually get through this we we're supposed to get to 10 minutes ago i like where everyone's been going with everything oh, so i kind of let it go all right a lot of really good discourse. Remember, guys, it's okay to disagree with people. We're all allowed to have our own opinions. That's the point of being a free thinker. But let's let's tell that to a liberal, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Unless you're a liberal. No, there's no room for liberals here right now. Um, but um, so a lot of things that I do with this whole episode. This episode is about culture. So the biggest problem that we have is in the community. The community has a certain culture. 
So in order to change the culture in the community, we need people inside of the community. My stepbrother is half is African American and Jewish. He's half white, half black. He's married to a woman from Trinidad. They have mixed race children. He lives in Bedsty. In he owns two brownstones. He's a lawyer. He you know this guy is printing money. He's in the neighborhood. Down the street from him are people who are setting up crack houses on the corner. How he's talking about the neighborhood's changing. His wife is saying, listen, these people on the corner can't be setting up here. We are changing this neighborhood. How do we change the mentality of the people in the neighborhood to get them to improve their own station as opposed to looking at the government as the parent? We've had a lot of issues with the black and Hispanic community with broken families. And when you have a broken family, you're more likely to look towards the government as your parent because you are missing a parent. How do we get into these, in general, in, you know, as Americans, as conservatives, as people who don't want the government to be our parent, how do we get into these communities and help them change their culture? I mean, we, we're not all in those communities. We have, some of us are coming from the outside. But that's the biggest thing. In order to end what, what status is saying is going on, which is all they care about is that government cheese, which you can't break. How do we get in there and break that? I want to go around the screen. Let's start with Gabe, and then we'll go Emma, Nando, Gavin, and then Sadis. I'll let you bring us home with it. Just let me know when that goes. They're really, from what I've noticed, whenever somebody in your community that looks like you gets ahead of you, there's a lot of hatred, there's a lot of jealousy, and they think that you're too good to be in the area that you are, even if you're trying to make it better. And what you kind of have to do is, in my opinion, try and tackle that head on and say, listen, if I can do this, so can you stop listening to all of those rappers or entertainers who claim that they just got lucky because there's, it's, it's statistically improbable that you, your people from your community got lucky that many times. If you, in fact, do believe that you are that oppressed by some unforeseen uh, white man in a you know, big round table again with others. It's not me. It's, it, I don't even have a round table, so I'm not the one doing this. <laughs> right. So really what I would say is it really comes just down to trying to have a conversation with somebody and changing that and have workshops with them and say, listen, do you want to learn how to make money? And then ask them, what is it that you own? You live in that house, but do you own that house? What do you have? Because that can be taken away from you. That's, those are my thoughts. Emma? Well, my son, okay, my son is Hispanic and white. Um, well, I'm Peruvian. His dad's uh, Scottish and I, his biological father is Scot Scottish and Irish. And I, have super always, white. <laughs> I have always uh, taught my son to value his identity. And something that happened to him at school, um, it was about a year and a half ago. Uh, he was uh, hanging out with a few of his, uh, his friends who happened to be from Mexico and they were speaking in Spanish and they had told, he had said, oh, I'm Latino too. And my son got really excited because you don't, he goes to a private school. So there were, there weren't a lot of Hispanics there. Um, so he came home really sad that day. And I'm like, why are you sad? Well, my friends told me that I'm not really Latino. I'm like, why would they say that? Well, they said, because my skin color was too light. And that really upset me because we, you know, who tells that to a child? 
You know, these things are ingrained in children at, from a very young age. I have never taught my son. I have always taught my son to see past color. So I feel sorry for these young children who were less than 10 years old at the time, you know, be believing that you have to be a certain color to, to represent, you know, represent where you come from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so something that I see happening within our communities, the black, black and Hispanic community is liberals, Democrats, they continue to uh, push uh, this oppressive ideology uh, from uh, as a form of um, enslavement. Uh, because because I'm a I'm a woman, for example, me, I'm a woman, a minority and an immigrant, I'm already given a label, I'm already a victim, that if I don't have their representation, then I have no value. So they, we need to start, you know, teaching our children that they are valuable, that they can accomplish anything in this country through, country through hard work itself. You know, I, you know, I'm, I know a lot of people that, you know, have reached the American dream through hard work. America is not an oppressive country. If it was, I wouldn't be here today talking to you guys. I would have stayed back in, uh, in Peru with my family. So Amer we need to end this notion, this idea that America is an oppressive country and that Blacks and Hispanics are constantly under attack because we're not. Yes, you know, we have racists out there, but you know what? No one's telling you, you know what? You can't achieve anything in this country. You know, if anything, you know, that should be a motivator for you. When someone tells you, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, let that be your motivator. Let that be what motivates you and prove people wrong. So I'm personally tired of my identity being used to push certain things, certain ideas, um, and push this oppressive ideology that I don't uh, that that I feel is very uh, and dehumanizes uh, people like me. So with my son, you know, I always tell him, you know, you know, son, I'm an immigrant, and th there's no shame in that. Just because I'm an immigrant, it doesn't mean that I can't go to college because I did. You know, just because I'm a woman, it doesn't mean that I can't still have a career and still be a mom. You know, so we can do anything in this country. So that's something that I try to uh, teach my son. You know, don't let your identity hold you back from what you want to accomplish in life. And we need to start that with our children. You know, we need, we are, you know, creating the next generation. We are, you know, raising the next generation to hopefully be better than us. Agreed. Nando. Um, so when it comes to um, dealing with the community, um, I might sound a bit harsh by saying this, but there's always going to be that population that just will never thrive. will just never even try. And, um, and I, to them, I say, you know what? Good luck. But I, the reason why I'm doing this work, the reason why I'm doing outreach, the reason I'm going into communities is because I'm thinking of the, the, the people that are, are willing to work, that are willing to make themselves better, to really think about the legacy that they want their families to become in America, especially when it comes to first-generation um, immigrants. They thrive on leaving a legacy. For those, is the reason why I do outreach. And for those who, um, you know, that you know, wants to chill, listen to Jay-Z and hip-hop and, and wants to do cash app scams. Um, to them, you know, God bless. And um, I'll see you in, at the end of the road. But at the end of the day, our, my job and everyone's job, honestly, here should be um, to just create opportunities, really reach out and, um, and really try to be the best person you could be. Because if all of us here can, can create a platform, everyone, everyone else can do it. True. Gavin. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Nando. I mean, I definitely think there's always going to be a segment of society that's just going to be, 
you know, lazy bastards aren't going to do anything. I think that, you know, white, black, brown, whatever. I mean, there are yeah. people that are just going to be like that. That's just in their nature. I mean, you can't fix it. But I do think, you know, there's a lot of societal problems that have hit minority communities largely because of government. I mean, you look back to like the 50s, 60s, 40s, like the black family was stronger than the white family. They had lower uh, rates of out of out of wedlock birth. They had they had a higher percentage of two family households. And the second like abortion started to be pushed and the second you started pushing welfare really hard welfare. and the second Even department yeah. of education. Too. Yeah, exactly. Department of education. The second you started pushing, uh, you know, the, the, the housing authorities and getting them out of their own homes. That's when like the, the whole society collapsed. I mean, it was like really external factors that pushed it and they destroyed black churches. They destroyed black communities. And you do that after a generation or two and you, you have what we have today. So, I mean, the only way to do it is going to be like a shock. You got to have a shock. You have to shock the system. You got to like really mm -hmm. cut back on the welfare. You got to bring churches back into the neighborhood. You got to just let people know, like the only way you're going to survive is like, you know, you working for yourself. Like you cannot pay them more money uh, in like direct income, like we're doing now with like the, the, the all these the stimulus and everything, that can't become permanent because we're paying people basically more to be unemployed exactly. than they would make if they were working. So like, of course, like anyone who has half a brain is going to obviously take that because it's like simple math. But you know, you get rid of those disincentives and you can fix things. And the problem is pretty simple. I mean, it's only been like 40, 50 years we've been dealing with this crap. I mean we could get back to that. It's just, we have to take like the tough medicine and, and bite it down now and things like mass immigration. I mean, you know, if you don't want to depreciate wages, you can't bring in millions over time. Like I'm all for immigration. We need immigration, but like you cannot have it. So it's just like a mass flood of, uh, of, of low skilled labor that competes with domestic low skill labor, because then you're going to just have a, a, a cycle to the bottom where, you know, you're just basically paying nothing. The only people that win are the corporations. That's all. And you're lowering the quality of life here. Like it has to be balanced. You have to have, you know, immigrants that come in, but it can't, you can't just have the floodgates open. We used to do it in the, before the 1920s, we had no welfare state. So then it didn't really matter. Like we were getting millions of people came in because there was no welfare state. So you could support it. But now like, you know, if you have millions of people coming in, you're going to destroy the system. Like it, it, you, something has to give. You can't have open borders and a welfare state. You could have a welfare state with closed borders. You could have open borders with no welfare state. But if you add them all together, you're just going to destroy the country. So, I mean, that's more esoteric. But as far as the communities are concerned, I mean, you know, with the gentrification and all that, I mean, there's pros and cons. Uh, what's going on in the outer boroughs, like, you know, some of the people that come into those neighborhoods, like white liberals are just as annoying. And they're definitely distorting the economy there. And they're pushing out working class people, uh, white and black. I mean, Williamsburg used to be kind of Italian. So, I mean, they push out everyone um, and they distort the market and they, they, they remove abil people's ability to secure housing. Like the reason the outer boroughs are there is because it's right near Manhattan. So you can have a cheap apartment and commute to the city and make good money. But if you have a bunch of people from like Minnesota that are moving in and buying out your building, now where are you going to go? Now you're going to move out to like Richmond Hills and then Richmond Hills or something becomes like, you know, uh, gentrified. Now you're out of Nassau and then you keep getting pushed out until like you can't even make a living because like the economy is in Manhattan, the economy is in the city. And now the only place you can get housing is like way outside of Long Island. So there's pros and cons. I mean, I think it comes from, you know, cultural, cultural issues. Like you see, there are some communities that don't have those issues because they have a lot of really tight in-group preferences. Like you talk about Sikhs, you talk about Indians, you talk about Jews, like they are really tight, tightly knit groups. They lend each other money, they support each other, and they can get over that hump. The, the thing about like the Hispanic group, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because to say someone from like the Yucatan Peninsula, who's like Mayan, 
is like the same kind of background as like an Italian guy from Argentina. It's kind of like a, it's stupid because like the U.S. Census made that whole term up. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but it's like, oh, they all speak Spanish. They're all the same. Let's just move mm-hmm. them all together. But it's like, really? Like they're like, there's hundreds of different groups we're talking so about here. On, let me just yeah. jump on it. Um, when you were mentioning people just coming into the neighborhoods, and I'm sorry if I'm delaying anything, but I just <laughs> felt like I have to say it. I feel like people, once they, they realize gentrification is becoming a problem, they should adapt quickly. And what do I mean by that? It's really having some financial education. And that's something that's extremely lacking of all portion when it comes to government, communities, just everything, um, is having that financial education. Because imagine if, like, you know, Juan or Dede or whatever, um, they actually started um, buying, um, they actually, all five of them decided to buy um, a building. And they start selling it. And they start making a profit. That way, they just take the opportunity and they just start adapting of what's coming in, and that's those white liberals. Well, you know what's what's ridiculous. You know, we talk about land of the free and opportunity. Uh, you know, Jake on our board, he was telling about this. These guys, they came from Mexico. They bought a building in like East Williamsburg or something. They bought like a multifamily when like the market sucked, and then they started making money. And they're like immigrants. They're legal immigrants. They started making money. They have a taco truck. They're they're killing it. They're doing everything you're supposed to do. They have, they bought property, they got rental incomes, they don't work for anyone except themselves. And then what happened? This city came down and they were like, we're trying to gentrify this area and you guys are in the way because you basically own your own property. So every little stupid thing on their building, they were getting citations for. So it's like, oh, you, you, you're, you're painting, you, you painted this with the wrong paint. Oh, your light bulb's out. Oh, uh, your basement, uh, you converted it into a living room. And they just kept drowning these immigrants, these Hispanic immigrants with like stupid citations for all this crap. And they just went bankrupt and they're like, screw it. We're going back to Mexico. Like we can't make it anymore. Like that's the white liberal mentality because they were trying to pave the way for that neighborhood to get cleared out. And the problem with gentrification is that because uh, the communities there don't get to own their own property, that's what makes it work. Because imagine if they own the buildings when the, gentrif- when the gentrifiers came in, they just sell it and they make more money and they go to Florida or whatever, but they don't own the building. Yeah. Or rent it. Yeah. Or rent it. Yeah. But they don't, they don't own the building because they all put them in government housing and you can't even get that. you like, there should be a program. If you're in a government owned property, you should be able to buy it. You should be able to take it over after 10 years if you're, if you're a good tenant and then you own your own place and then you're independent, but they don't do that. They want to keep that's the thing. And that's what I'm saying. There's no financial education. If a government really wants to be really prosperous and want to be helpful to their community, Give them financial education. You'll be surprised how many people will actually take advantage of that. But they don't want it because you keep people ignorant and they'll vote for you. That's it's all like bread and circuses. Exactly. You know, you, it's like, all about the cheese, right? It all is. It's true. Cheese. If they like, if they told them, oh, you know, if you do this and you do this, you'll have your own property. You'll be independently wealthy. You'll have your own income. You don't have to work for anyone, and you can go move. Like those people would immediately not vote for them anymore because now they have you know, incentives to keep their own money, but they purposely exactly. keep them in poverty. They're just like, oh, we'll give you an apartment. We'll, we'll pay you X amount per month. You don't have to do anything. So. Well, they need, to keep, they need to keep us ignorant so we can keep voting for them and so they can continue to be in power. Yep. That's why I named the Row House of LA or whatever to really keep me going. All right, Status, you've been patiently waiting over there. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. All right, so I'm going to tell you the problem and the solution. All right. That's what I want to know. I mean, that's what I've been telling nihilistic. I've been telling nihilistic, like, oh, just give up. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you the problem and the solution. This is going to be the home run to wrap it up. The problem is IQ. All right. So if you look at IQs throughout different communities, you will see specific behaviors in each and every community. 
Average black IQ, 85. Average Hispanic IQ, 90. Average white IQ, 100. Average uh, Asian IQ, 105. And what do you see in every one of those communities? You see either less or more of something. So uh, in uh, the black community, high crime, high government, uh, uh, um, uh, government programs, high single motherhood, high high school dropouts, high criminal records, low nuclear families, and low amounts of useful degrees and trades. You go, and then you move on to the white, to the Hispanic community, and it's, it gets a little better. And then you move on to the white community, it gets a little, a little better. Then you go to the Asians, and it's, you know, uh, nuclear families is like out the wazoo. Useful degrees and trades, out the wazoo. Criminal records, really low. Uh, high school dropouts, really low. Single motherhoods, really low. Government, uh, taking government programs, really low. And there's three things that come with IQ. And I'm going to tell you what they are. Easily enticed, all right, with low IQ. Easily enticed, uh, short impulse control, and lack of farsight. Now, when you have these three, these three things mixed up, this is why you see specific behaviors in uh, these specific groups. And it's the same thing. Even in the Dominican Republic, it's the same thing. All right, the low IQ people, they have these specific behaviors and the high IQ people have some specific behaviors too. And it's the same thing in the UK, Canada, everywhere. It's the same thing. All right, now this is a solution. You can't expect these people to just turn around and say, oh, all right, you know, government cheese, no more. Okay, all right, you know, it's gonna make this because they have a lack of farsight. All right. Oh, committing crimes. Oh no, this motherfucker owe me five dollars. Oh, my baby mama did that. Blah, blah, blah. No, they have short impulse control. All right. So that's why they, that's why you you disrespect like one of these Hispanic gangsters or anything like that. They're ready to fuck you up because they have short that's why I impulse left control. All right. They have short impulse control. Now this is the this is the solution, and this is why the left wins because. Everything of leftism on paper, it sounds good. Oh, open borders, uh, let's take care of all the immigrants. Um, you know what, uh, uh, welfare for everybody, a free check from the government. We're gonna take care of all the flowers and we're gonna take care of the ocean. And so that it looks good on paper. And then right-wing policies, they don't look good on paper. They seem a little mean and a little cruel, but what's gonna save this country is one, you got to close the borders, all right? We don't even let people assimilate into this country. We get a group of immigrants, they don't even assimilate, and we already got another group coming in. Okay, we're not even letting the group that just came in assimilate and get, you know, seasoned with our culture, all right? So that's one thing. You got to close the borders. Number two, you got you to gotta take away uh, welfare. And number three, you need voter IDs. And to get these voter IDs, you need to pass a basic history test, you need to pass a basic civics course, and you need to prove that you are a net gain to the tax system and not a net loss. If you do these things, you add voter IDs, close the borders, and cut the welfare, you would see from, from 20, 25 years, you would see a drastic change. But if we continue down the, the way we're going, you're not incentive. Humans are, are are animals of incentivization. If you do not incentivize, 
a behavior, you will not get it. And if you do incentivize a behavior, you'll get more of it. So if you're incentivizing them to take the free cheese and you're not creating a de-incentive, why would they not take it? All right, if you're, if, if you're, it's just, it's just, this is the solution and the solution seems harsh. This is why a lot of people are turned off by right wing policies. The yeah. solution's good, but the, the real thing is, uh, is the IQ nature or nurture? Because that's the real yeah. crux nature. of it. Can you... It's nature. So it can't be changed no matter what. No, it, it, you know, you could flip it a little bit, but by and large, you see, the reason why specific groups have a specific amount of intelligence is because of um, the way they evolved. So whites evolved in cold climates. So those cold climates, they had to, you know, figure out how to survive. They had to innovate. They had to, this is why the majority of inventors are white. All right. And then uh, blacks evolved in hot climates. And this is why their, their muscularity is like more, their muscle fibers are uh, more loose. All right. And this is why they grow bigger. And this is why all the top athletes are black. All right. It's just evolution. It's just the way it is. All right. So, yes, there's always going to be a group that makes less than the other. But the key is, all right, that it's, so we're going up on a slope. So the, the key is that, yes, you're at the bottom. But now, instead of being here at the bottom, you're at the bottom over here. And yes, I'm always going to be on top of you, but you're not going to be, um, you know, in a horrible position. You know, yes, I, I am always going to do better than you. That's fine. All right, but it's not like you're living in squalor. All right, a lot of people think that poverty is bad. Poverty is not bad. Poverty is good because it incentivizes people not to make bad decisions. But if you create a safety net that, hey, you can make all the bad decisions in the world and you're still going to be fine, then they're going to continue making bad decisions. I think a big problem that we have is that the family structure has broken down in a lot of these communities. The government has replaced it. And sad as I do like the voter ID, I do like the idea of, you know, of lowering immigration to allow people who are Americans to seek jobs. And assimilation is definitely key. If you look at my grandparents and most people's grandparents that came over before World War II, they assimilated and that's how they were successful. So I think that is definitely a big part of it. Guys, that is our show for today. If you are still listening, thank you very much. I know it was very long. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I just want to go around the screen one more time and so you guys can let people know where they can find you on social media. Gabe, you're up first. As usual, guys, you can find me on Facebook. My page is Gabriel E. Montalvo. Then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just type in Barry Montalvo on either and I should come up. And if you support the Hispanic conservative movement, follow the Republican National Hispanic Assembly New York State Chapter page on Facebook. Emma. Hey guys, you can find me on most active on Instagram under uh, the, the handle conservative underscore Latina 45, 45 because of the best president we have right now. Um, we've had in a long time. Um, on Facebook, just type in the conservative Latina and on Twitter, uh, the conservative Latina as well. Nana. Yeah, you can just follow me, Nando Acosta. Just type it in. Just don't put Nando because then it'll take you to the restaurant. Um, put down Nando, Nando Acosta US and you can find me through all platforms, YouTube, all that good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you could you could follow me on Twitter uh, at Gavin Wax uh, on Facebook at uh, Gavin Wax One, and uh, if you're interested, join the uh, New York Young Republican Club NYYRC. Uh, always looking for new members and uh, trying to always. keep things radical. Yeah. Status. Hey, you can find me on Instagram at Jim Status G Y M S T A T U Z. Uh, I have a podcast too that has enough red pills to choke on. All right, so uh, yeah. All right, guys, make sure that you like, share, subscribe this Empire State Conservative podcast on all platforms. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at Get Red Pilled NY. Gabe, you look like you wanted to say something. I was just going to say that due to the, due to the nature of Status's final comments, I, while I agree with some of it, I would not just chalk it up to saying that us here – on this live stream or in this discussion were the few that were lucky enough to get out of the the hole based on what we perceive IQ to be. I think that we've come a long no, way. No, 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 it's okay. I, I understand that we all have different uh, uh, yeah, We don't all share the all... same beliefs, everyone. Yes, everyone's <laughs> views are their own. No one is, yeah. is <laughs> claiming to, to accept everyone else's views on everything. Hey, you, you guys, I thought you still believe her was just, murder. Read some books on IQ, and then you're going to be like, oh, shit, he was right. It's a controversial topic. There was mm-hmm. a guy who won a Nobel Peace Prize. The bell and curve. They took it away. They took it away. Because he was pointing this out, all right? And it's a controversial topic. Not a lot of people uh, want to say it because it hurts. All right? It hurts that, oh, your group is, is by and large stupider than this group. It, I'm sorry, but it's true. All right, so if you want to yell at Status, just follow him on Instagram at Jim Status. Yell at me. Come at me only. Dude. These other people, they have their own beliefs. Come attack me personally, just me. Okay, guys? <laughs> Status, let me get out of this. All right, make sure you go to our website, EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com, for all our writings, our store, and all of our videos and episodes. Everything is there, EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com. And for that, wash your hands and don't let fear take your freedom.